Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how scientists grew stem cell mini brains that developed mini eyes on their own, and how the FDA saved American babies from an epidemic of birth defects in the 1960s. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Scientists recently announced that they had grown mini brains in a lab and got those mini brains to grow their own mini eyes. I know, it sounds like we're a little early for Halloween, but this result will help us to better understand how eyes develop and how to treat and prevent certain eye diseases. Now, technically, these little lab-grown brains are called brain organoids. They're made from special human pluripotent stem cells, which are cells that can turn into almost any other type of cell in the body. So, like, in the basal layer of your skin, you have what are called multipotent stem cells. Those can develop into different types of cells as long as they're types of skin cells. Scientists figured out how to make multipotent stem cells behave like pluripotent stem cells so they could develop into basically whatever they told it to. Nerves, skin, or in this case, brain tissue. But I want to stress the word tissue. Brain organoids are a far cry from growing sentient brains in a jar. So don't worry about that. Instead, they're just bits of brain tissue grown in a dish. And they don't think or feel things the way a normal brain would. These quote-unquote mini-brains are often used for experiments that, if performed on a living human brain, would be ethically dubious at best. We're talking stuff like testing the effects of certain drugs on neural tissue, or seeing how cells develop in really bad conditions. Well, in this case, the researchers were able to use brain organoids to study eye development. Essentially, they were able to use specific chemicals to coax brain organoids into developing two little optic cups, or the beginning of eyes. In a mammal embryo, eye development begins first by developing the optic cup, and then the eye that will live in it. These organoids began developing the eye cups about 50 days into development, right on schedule with when a human embryo would begin developing them. So what we have is really a tiny, almost brain with tiny, almost eyes. But this is a big deal because it gives researchers the ability to explore diseases of eye and retina development through experimentation, which wasn't possible before. They can give organoids mutations that cause certain degenerative diseases, watch how the eyes develop, and potentially learn how to treat or mitigate those diseases during development. These brains might be mini, but their potential is huge. The Food and Drug Administration, or FDA, is the U.S. government agency responsible for making sure that medical products are safe to use. FDA approval means that a new drug has to pass scientific scrutiny and show evidence of both effectiveness and safety. And it was thanks to one stubborn, data-demanding doctor at the FDA that allowed the United States to avoid an epidemic of birth defects in the 1960s. That doctor was Canadian-born Dr. Frances Oldham Kelsey. After an illustrious career, she'd been recently hired to an extremely competitive position at the FDA in Washington, D.C. 
she was tasked with reviewing 300 applications a year for new products, with only the help of a handful of other medical officers. It was only her second new drug approval application that gave her pause, a treatment for morning sickness called thalidomide, made by the drug manufacturer Merrill. Thalidomide had been approved by 20 other countries and had already been prescribed to 20,000 patients, so the pressure was on to approve the medication. But Merrill's application was lacking. It was mostly based on physician testimonials instead of rigorous clinical trials. And of the clinical trials they did include, Dr. Kelsey and the other reviewers agreed that they did not show that the drug was safe and effective. They asked Merrill for more data on the drug's safety, which really delayed its approval. Executives at Merrill were furious. They launched an assault of constant faxes. That's right, angry faxes. Phone calls and surprise in-person appearances at the FDA offices in an attempt to push through an approval. But Dr. Kelsey and the rest of the team would not be rushed. And it turns out they made the right call. Soon after, medical reports about thalidomide started to crop up. There were stories of serious side effects, like nerve damage in the hands and feet. Not only that, but the safety of the drug during pregnancy was also in question. Thanks to Dr. Kelsey's previous research, she knew that some drugs were able to make it through a pregnant woman's placenta and end up in the fetus. She wondered whether thalidomide might be one such case. If there were serious side effects in adults, could something worse happen to a fetus? Dr. Kelsey's insight turned out to be right. Soon, a series of extremely disturbing reports came out. By the end of 1961, Many mothers who had taken thalidomide during pregnancy had given birth to babies with missing or malformed limbs. Merrill withdrew their application. All told, around the world, 10,000 children were born with significant birth defects, and another 100,000 were lost before birth due to thalidomide. The number in the U.S.? Just 17. And it's thanks to a bureaucrat insisting on rigorous safety data at the FDA. Let's recap today's takeaways, Ashley. Well, we learned that scientists were able to grow mini brains that grew their own mini eyes. That's important because it lets researchers study eye diseases through experimentation without actually experimenting on real humans. And that could save someone's eyesight someday. I mean, it sounds like it's a little like fully formed brain in a Petri dish, right? There's just like a teeny tiny little brain. It's, it's not that. It's just, it's just brain tissue. But still, it's important. And probably creepy. I don't know. There's an episode of Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, starring little brains with googly eyes. That was a good addition. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we also learned that the FDA never approved thalidomide, the morning sickness treatment that eventually led to thousands of birth defects and stillbirths around the world. Thanks to a stubborn researcher named Dr. Francis Oldham Kelsey, the U.S. mostly escaped such a tragedy. This shows just how stringent FDA approval is, which is why the FDA approval of the Pfizer COVID vaccine should be a comfort to everyone. Also, there's an even happier end to the story. Dr. Kelsey lived to 101, and President John F. Kennedy awarded her the President's Award for Distinguished Federal Civilian Service. So... She was rewarded for the amazing job she did for the country. Yeah, and look, 
no government is perfect. And we're not saying the FDA is perfect, but, you know, sometimes it's nice to celebrate the really good, smart, excellent things that did happen. You know, there's so much bad news out there about failures of certain organizations and institutions. It's like tens of thousands or perhaps hundreds of thousands of children were saved by this. And that's it's something you don't see. It's not a memorial, like a war memorial, you know, but it's that's huge. Well, it's also it's also completely forgotten in the story of thalidomide, at least to me. The story I've always heard is that thalidomide was this horror story of a medical approval where all these babies were damaged and stillborn. And, you know, I I always thought of it as this failure of government approval. And what I didn't know is that the FDA never approved it and actually saved a bunch of lives. So it's the opposite of what I thought. It's actually a victory of government approval. And it kind of makes me see the FDA in a more positive light. Yeah, for sure. Now, if they would just approve every senescent drug so I can be immortal. (laughs) Let's hope they approve COVID vaccines for kids. I suppose that's the next step, right? Yeah. As a parent, I would quite like that. Yeah. Here's hoping. Today's writers were Cameron Duke and Brianna Brownell. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer. Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow on this mini podcast to learn something new in just a few mini hours, also known as mini And until then, stay curious. <laughs>